0: May 9th, go beyond Star Trek, go beyond Star Wars, and discover the fifth
1: element. Let's play it hard.
0: Bruce Willis, the fifth element, rated PG-13, opens everywhere May 9th.
1: Welcome back to the podcast, Old Millennials Remember Movies. Tyler, you're holding up your finger like you're about to sneeze. Nope. Okay, I'm your host, Angela Yoshiko, here with my co host, Tyler Wilson, who's wearing a nice and bright and loud Funko Pop t shirt with Green Goblin.
0: Yeah I mean this is not like a shirt that I like but it came in the box that I'm subscribed to and I liked the pops that came so you know I got the shirt too.
1: And as always our 3-year-old was interested in your shirt cuz it's a it. giant cartoon character. He
0: loves this shirt.
1: Yeah, you're pleasing the 3-year-olds out there.
0: That's all I am ever that's all I'm here for. Aim to please. I aim to please.
1: We are going to talk about a beloved movie that a lot of people have been asking for and waiting for called The Fifth Element. Yeah. So if you just want to jump to that, you just keep pushing that fast forward button while we talk about what we've been watching recently. Okay. This is the part where it's like we're watching movies and TV. You should encourage people. you want to stay current to listen to every second
0: well, I don't think, again, I don't think it, you have to stay current. We're just, this is what we've been watching, and yes, if you listen to it right away, it would be current, but all this stuff is available. You can watch it at any time.
1: Yeah. There's it, nothing in
0: theaters right now, anyway.
1: Yeah. It just give you an idea of options out there, because if you are quarantining, or if you have extra free time, or if you're locking yourself in a bathroom to avoid children in your house, you can watch movies and TV. Plus,
0: it's a movie podcast, so you're talking about movies. It helps you gauge whether our opinions are right about the movies we talk about. It as a focus it is also it's a because we're a, a podcast i'm a firm believer that a podcast has to have a couple different segments different things sure that's just my feeling on it
1: so you're going to talk about some stuff you've been watching
0: oh am i yeah <laughs> well okay i did uh roll the dice on a free seven day trial of apple tv plus
1: um side note sidebar uh-huh has it been seven days and have it canceled yeah yet? i canceled that shit right away okay I got. I just wanted of. to check in while we were talking about. I got it. that
0: shit on day six, because I. That's the thing about Apple Plus. So number one, uh, we don't have a lot of. Uh, we have an iPad, but it is an older, outdated one.
1: Yeah, I got like the third generation. It's like so many generations. So
0: it won't play on that.
1: It barely plays <laughs> any app. I got it. I tried to get the. Cheapest possible iPad to use one specific device we had,
0: mm-hmm. and then the the dicks at Apple. Sorry, you guys are dicks, but you don't let any other thing fucking work with your stupid thing. Like none of our phones, no, the TV doesn't have a. It's a Sony TV. Can't play it on that. Can't play it on Android phones.
1: Apple TV, you suck.
0: So I got I couldn't get it to work on the Chromebook. So I got it to work on our like one of our computers so I could watch. I I signed up because I wanted to watch the Tom Hanks movie Greyhound, um, and then I. I thought I would, like, see how, what I would also want to watch on Apple+. Turns out, not a lot. Because mm. it's a lot of TV shows, and you know how I am about TV shows. It's a time commitment. Uh, baseball is temporarily back. <laughs> we'll mm-hmm. see how long it lasts. Uh, so, you know, I'm watching the Minnesota Twins play. So, you know, I don't have a lot of time to be watching TV shows. And, uh, you know, some of it, I watched a couple episodes here and there. I liked that Dickinson show, but I didn't finish it. And then, I don't know, I just... I, I'm not going to pay 4 for shows I'm not going to watch. You know what I mean? So I just canceled the thing afterwards. Um But I did watch Greyhound with Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. It is a, a very brisk 90-minute World War II movie. He's a commander of a ship crossing the Atlantic. Uh... They have air support for a little while, and in the middle of the ocean, they have no air support. And that's when the German U-boats come after them.
1: Oh, shit.
0: So it is just a, a pretty much a procedural, a lot of nautical terminology. Uh, they're getting attacked. They're trying to block this because uh, they're protecting the, the supply run, right? Mm-hmm. They're trying to protect it. So they're protecting boats and attacking U-boats, and it's a lot of just... Nuts and bolts uh, action. There's You know, there's several characters, but Tom Hanks is really the only guy you even, like, know has a name. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Like, it's just... It's 90 minutes. It's, uh an adventure film. It's what you call a, a dad film, you know, like a, you know, one of these dad movies.
1: Yeah, like, hey, old millennial, you got a dad? He's probably gonna he's like gonna, this movie. He's
0: gonna like Greyhound, you know, like, he like, did he like Ford v. Ferrari? Yeah, he's gonna like uh, Greyhound.
1: Okay, it, that's it, actually good to know. Uh, I yeah. work with a couple older dads, and I like to make movie recommendations. And then, so you know, this is, good
0: this is a know. fun genre, like, it's you know, like, it's, it's, it's not a sub-movie, but it has sub-elements, so if you're thinking, like, McConaughey and U-571, or DOS boot there's some elements of that um
1: can i rent this movie elsewhere
0: no that's the frustrating part you have to watch it on apple plus bullshit. much like hamilton on disney you can't get it anywhere besides disney netflix things netflix will put things out on dvd like stranger things and stuff like that but not all their shows end up that way so it's a little bullshit. bit bullshit
1: Yep. I mean, now I can't recommend it to the old guys I work with because I'm not going to explain to them how to set up Apple TV. Unless
0: it's, I mean, yeah, it was a little bit of an ordeal. I've worked on the computer and I watched it. Some of the CG, it's a lot of CG because it's on the water and there's a lot of uh, boats. And I, I don't think they were trying to keep the budget down. So all the interior stuff is set and that looks really good. Mm-hmm. Some of the CGI, I think, is a little glossy and it mm-hmm. ticked me out of the movie a little bit. But... Um, otherwise, it's is very thrilling, fun. You know, not I wouldn't necessarily call it fun, but it was uh, 90 minutes of your life. It's pretty brisk and, and entertaining. So
1: cool.
0: I watched that. The only other movie on there, other than a couple of documentaries, is The Banker. Mm-hmm. And this is a fact-based-ish story about a couple of African-American bankers in the 60s. They were, like, one of the first to, like own a big bank and like uh, they kind of did it in LA. And then they also did it in Texas in an effort to kind of provide loans for uh, people in the community that don't otherwise get loans. And so it's Anthony Mackie is the lead. And then uh, my, my favorite guy, Samuel Jackson, he is kind of the, the second lead. He kind of helps him. He's kind of a, kind of a well-off guy that kind of helps Anthony Mackie get going. Nicholas Holt is the young white guy they hire as the front of the bank. Mm-hmm. So that, when they go and meet with people to buy it, they have this white guy who can make the purchase so they have to train him and how to mm-hmm. talk because he doesn't have any banking experience. And so it's pretty entertaining. I don't know how factual it is. There was some issue when it came out. It was supposed to come out in the fall in the winter. But then like the person who's a producer on the movie who is like the son of the person had some kind of accusation, so they had to like not release it right away. Ah, but geez. then they took his name off and they released it, and so it just is on Apple Plus. It was there. It, it's it's not. It's pretty by the numbers, but the story's interesting enough. Mm-hmm. And from what I did read like, afterwards, it seemed like a lot of the elements were true. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, obviously things are changed, but um but yeah, I mean, good perform. I mean, you're watching it for Anthony Mackie, who's I think a pretty charismatic actor. Sam Jackson's obviously good. Nicholas Holt is good. So, I mean, I watched it. It was good. That's what I watched. Um, and then the last thing, I think, other than baseball, was last time I think I talked about Police Story 1.
1: Yeah. And
0: it was on my, uh, my uh, cr- it was a Criterion. I had the two-pack uh, on there. And then when you were doing our taxes.
1: on, So taxes were due July 15th. So I was doing this on... July 14th at, you know, 9 p.m.
0: Yeah, so we both, you kind of watched it, and I turned on Police Story 2, which, um you know, is not quite as good as Police Story 1, but, I mean, it's still got some great Jackie Chan yeah action in it. My Probably the best is this playground fight, where he's kind of fighting off a bunch of guys in a playground and just doing, you know, jumping through so
1: cool. monkey
0: bars and, you know, the swings. swings and, and the
1: slide and...
0: And then the ending, it's got a weird villain guy who's like a, I don't know, I don't even want to get into it. But there's like, you know, the ending fight is pretty good because he's like climbing up, you know, a, a stairway backwards with his hands. It's just kind of, fun. I mean, there's some good stuff in there. But I mean, not nah, get good as Play Story 1. But it came in a two pack, so yeah. thank you. Thank you, Criterion, for giving that.
1: To oh, me. you paid for it. Oh, that. I paid for it. Don't give yeah. it up.
0: And I paid a lot, and I paid for it before they were like on sale during their like Barnes and Noble sale, too. So, oh well. But Look it was, you. it was good. I didn't buy a lot of other things other than I, I did buy the Moonrise Kingdom Blu-ray. Yeah, you cause did. Cause I don't, I have that on DVD and I really like Moonrise Kingdom. So, in fact, I wrote a thing for the, one of the papers I write on, I finally did the best of the decade. And spoiler alert, I put Moonrise Kingdom on the list pretty high. Pretty high. Cause I like Wes Anderson a lot and that was probably my favorite it's of the It's been a while
1: 10. since I've seen it.
0: It's really good. I haven't watched it since I got the, Criterion Are you
1: excited to watch it? Are you going to wait for me to watch it?
0: I mean, I can say that I'm going to wait for you to watch it, but sometimes you just, you make me wait forever.
1: Aww.
0: (laughs) So I watch it.
1: Oh, it's because I'm too busy watching Netflix shows.
0: Yeah, okay, so what Netflix show are you watching now, or did uh, you just you watch? You know
1: what? So I was sitting here listening to you talk, Tyler, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, in my head, I'm thinking, I can't talk about what I watch. He, Tyler sounds so good. He, like, knows what he's talking about. What do you mean? He <laughs> knows, like, the people's names. He says smart things. No, I don't. <laughs> it's very intimidating. I called
0: the Greyhound movie a dad movie, and Baker <laughs> Banker know. is kind of true. You're what intimidating.
1: Did I say? Anyway... All I watch is garbage TV, and then I have garbage, unhelpful comments about it. But I have been watching, or I did watch in just a few days, um, a show called Cursed. It's a Netflix original? Sure. Anyway, it's uh, based on the graphic novel or whatever comic book by uh, Frank Miller and some other white guy, Kay. Tom Wheeler. <laughs> and it's... Uh, it's basically like a. So you know, I'm a sucker for like magic. I think we've established that. Yes. So this is like a kind of like a Merlin Arthur Sword in the Stone story, but not is about it set Arthur in the modern time. No, it's set in well, oh, okay. old olden times.
0: Old olden time, the, the ins- oldy times. Yeah.
1: Instead of focusing, um, having the protagonist be Arthur, the protagonist is a character named Nimue, who, if you look in like the the, she eventually becomes the Lady of the Lake. But this is like before that. Okay. And there is like an Arthur character in the movie, but he's not like the traditional Arthur.
0: Is he a dickbag? He might
1: become Arthur. No, he's flawed. He's he is a friend of hers, been fucks her over a couple times. So he's a dick bag. Sometimes but then redeemable and she's in love with him, but we know that obviously Arthur is going to eventually be in love with Guinevere.
0: Because he's a dick bag.
1: And then Merlin. So it's kind of like it's like a slightly off prequel
0: only sluttier
1: so it's like a spinoff right okay. a spinoff a
0: prequel a prequel, prequel spin-off. but it's sort of like slightly story. different like
1: an alt story but anyway um. so if you're into that all um, oh, right no okay um if you're into that then it i i enjoyed it, I thought is,
0: it is there like like real sex in the show
1: um, I'm trying to think. Like cause, Game
0: of Thrones, like HBO level sex or no?
1: No, uh, no. I would have been very excited about that, but no. Okay. I think there are some fucks now. So some
0: foxes or some fucks? fucks? Some fucks. Oh, swear words. Yeah. Okay.
1: So I I have to be careful because I I just uh, bleed one show into the next, so it's hard for me to keep them separate. Oh, okay. Because I rewatched Haven. Which is kind of old. It came out in 2015. It has five seasons, so it's not that old. And that's
0: but... also about Merlin.
1: No, that's about like a town that's cursed, sort of. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> got yeah. it. Cursed. You, gotcha. Whatever. And then I also just started watching Winona Earp
0: uh-huh. on the
1: Netflix, and it came out a couple. It's that, got... That's
0: not a Netflix show. That's just on Netflix. It's just
1: right? on Netflix and it has a few seasons. So so. I that.
0: My here's my question. It's been uh i it's i think at this point most things are still shut down in the hollywood uh system a uh, production of things maybe some things are being filmed overseas but netflix i mean march april may june july they keep putting out all these shows like you think that maybe they've got to be concerned about like they're running out like are they going to slow down their uh their release I mean, schedule a little a bit that's a good
1: question How big is the backlog of content that they have produced or purchased that's not been seen before?
0: I I did see the August list, and it seemed a little thinner than it had been, but
1: I mean, I don't know.
0: It's weird. I think they're just counting on things reopening, and maybe they're, I don't know, whatever.
1: I mean, they've spent so much money on so much stuff. They've got to have just, like, a a library of shit ready to go.
0: And they buy – I mean, a lot of their originals are – I think you've mentioned this before. They purchase them from, like, Canadian television or British television, and then they call them originals, but they were already made, and so –
1: And if you're into, like, supernatural shows, there's a lot of, like – Dubbed shit on Netflix, and it is garbage. But they promote it like it's going to be this like Mm. good, good show. And it might be in its like original language, but then you looked at all the dub it. You look at all the actors' names, and they'll just be like they're fucking all like Swedish names or something. It'll be and it'll be in a language you can't understand. So then it's dubbed. So then you watch it, and you're like, God. Is the sound off? Their voices sound fucking weird. And then you're like, ah, oh, no, this is a shitty, sh- shitty dub show, which maybe was good originally. But Netflix kind of, I don't know. It's happened to me a few times. I've watched one show <laughs> all the way through that was dubbed. And I, it started just irritating the shit out of me by the, by the end of end. Well,
0: it. here's hoping all the shows that you like, which are the CW-level shows, they're in, they <laughs> film most of those in Canada. And they're doing a hell of a lot better with the virus than we are. So maybe they'll be back in production soon? <laughs> maybe. That way you get your shows, but I know. Uh,
1: Gotta finish up that supernatural.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, that's right.
1: They have like a handful of episodes that's right. when they're gonna
0: be done. Yeah, well everything's everything's getting moved to next year, so <laughs> who knows?
1: Sadness.
0: Okay. Uh you everything else? No. Okay, so we're gonna talk about a little movie called The Fifth Element. Yes. Let's start with some high stats. This with is some the high part stats? This yeah. is the part of the show where we talk about the high stats. See, that's a segment that I was saying about earlier the Segments. This is a segment.
1: Okay. The Fifth Element is a French film.
0: Yeah, French product Luc Besson is the director.
1: Yeah, directed yep. by Luc Besson. Mm-hmm. That's what you just said. Yep. Produced by... No, we don't care about that. <laughs> um, what, what do I usually say? Oh, it was released mm-hmm. on May 7th, which we heard in the trailer in yep. 1997. Mm-hmm. It is 126 minutes. That's a little bit long.
0: Yes, but uh, we can get into it.
1: It's a little bit long.
0: There, yes, okay. The we'll estimated
1: budget is ninety million, and it made two hundred and sixty-three million worldwide.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I remember it being a modest hit in the states. Um, it was moderately successful.
1: This bad boy stars some of our favorite people. Does it? Yeah, Bruce Willis.
0: Is he our one of our favorite people? Uh,
1: um. Oh, so you know like what you're 90s era. Bruce you Willis, know sure. what you're gonna get in a 90s Bruce Willis sure. movie.
0: That's true. Yes. you're gonna
1: get a white action hero. I,
0: I know what I'm gonna get in the 2010s Bruce Willis too, and I don't like it. But
1: <laughs> yep. Um. And then we get Gary Oldman.
0: Oof, man. Yep.
1: Oh, we sure do. Who feels so young in this to me? Because I guess I didn't, I wasn't like twenty-three years. I wasn't consciously aware of Gary Oldman until I met you. Okay. So like, if he was in stuff, I wasn't like, "Oh, that's Gary Oldman," whereas now I'm like, "Ooh, that's Gary Oldman." Yeah. Because of you. Mm -hmm. Because you're all Batman.
0: Yeah, he plays Jim Gordon, but he's also been in lots of good things. You always point and out And then he won the Oscar for a movie that I don't like. So oh, what did he win for? He won for like that Winston Churchill movie and I mean it's he's good in it, but it's Ugh. like not a movie. Who cares? Ugh. Darkest hour, is that what it's called? Sure. Finest yeah. hour. Whatever.
1: Yeah. This <laughs> Saw movie it once. also has Ian Holm.
0: Ian Holm, who recently passed away. Um, he was the, uh, uh, Bilbo Baggins in the original, uh, or the first three, the actual Lord of the Rings trilogy before Martin Freeman took over that role, obviously Mm -hmm. for the prequel, uh, Mm -hmm. movies
1: and Chris Tucker,
0: Chris Tucker. And then, uh, Mila Jovovich is the the other kind of sort of lead of the movie. So
1: this was like her first movie ever.
0: Yeah. And she had some. Oh yeah, you mentioned some relationship drama with the director and Mila Jovovich. I don't know or... if it was
1: drama. Just I mean, he was married to to the lady who plays a character in the movie, the blue, blue alien, alien lady, the blue singer alien, opera
0: lady singer. Yeah,
1: he was married to her. She he married her when she was super young.
0: Yeah, we don't need to get into. Do we need to get into Luke by We sure uh... don't. Okay.
1: So then she's like twenty five <laughs> during the movie. Um, he divorces her during the movie yeah. and marries. Mila Jovovich well, he during definitely, the
0: movie he definitely has an eye for Mila Jovovich in this movie that's for sure I mean who doesn't have I know, an eye but for her in he this movie he is filming her well that's true like it is well we can get into that okay
1: so that's your high stats
0: okay so uh we also have a segment on our program called what do you remember
1: what do you remember we
0: write what we do is before we start the movie we write down what we remember about it if there's if it could be a plot thing it could be some memory of seeing it
1: it's mostly a competition to see who can remember more or who can be the funniest and tyler always wins
0: i don't always try to be funny i just am trying to either if i have something that's you do yes you do you try to be funny. funny shut up
1: Okay, I'll go first today because winners always go second, and that'll be you. Okay. Are you ready for what I, I have wrote? a lot of
0: grammatical errors in mine. That doesn't got a good start.
1: Well, you write it on your phone. Sure do. It is insane to me how much you write on your phone. If I had to write that much on my phone, it would take me 26 I've minutes. I've
0: written news articles on this phone.
1: I know you have. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh-huh. It's the future. Mm-hmm. I got that part right. Yes. There's flying cars. Mm-hmm. I also got that part right. Uh, Bruce Willis is there, and when Mila Jovovich falls into his cab, he's like, what? (laughs) And he can't understand what she's saying. But then it's revealed he has to basically save the world by helping her, because, wait for it... Just like in Frozen 2, she's the embodiment of the fifth element, mm. and she has to do something to stop the other elements from destroying the world, or oh, then there's some bad guys and stuff, I don't know. But this movie is awesome. Now, I
0: hear that there's a documentary series on Disney Plus about the making of Frozen 2, and it is surprisingly like honest about the trouble they had trying to break the story for that, uh-huh. and I wonder if we should watch it and see if anybody's like, they were having trouble for two years and someone went home and was like, hey... I just saw the fifth element, guys. What if she, Elsa was the fifth element?
1: Yeah, cause like water gets cold and that could be like another element. It's different.
0: This is a different type of element. There's not yeah. ice. I think that's a little bit of a cheat in Frozen 2, frankly. Sure.
1: But, you know, Frozen 2, she's the fifth element and sure. this is the fifth element.
0: Yeah, I know. Odd, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So I wrote Bruce Willis is a cabbie in the future. Correct. Cor- Corbin Dallas multipass. Correct. And he has to protect Lilu Mila Jovovich, who is an element alongside four rocks that could snuff out the universe or something if weirdo Gary Oldman gets a hold of it. There's a space cruise, and Chris Tucker as a loud DJ, radio DJ, and an opera scene with a blue alien, and Lilu Dallas multi-pass.
1: Your details, like, how do you remember her name?
0: Because I, okay, well... As you can tell by me writing multipass twice in this, uh this was a movie that I very much enjoyed back in 1997, uh saw it in the theater, but then also it was one of those that like number one I had it it's one of my oldest DVDs, obviously had it right away. Number two, this shit played on either cable or HBO all the fucking time. And it's a it's an interesting movie in that if you pick up pretty much anywhere, you kind of tend to see th- see it through the rest of the way. Because you're just like, oh, well, this is the part where they're about to get on the boat. And then, oh, well, there's the opera scene. And if you're at the opera scene, then it's pretty much to the end because there's a big action scene and then we go to the end. And so there's a lot of...
1: Except that it is over two hours long. I know, but
0: I think it chugs along. And if you- wherever you pick up, with maybe the exception of the... Uh, prologue, which I completely forgot about. Uh, maybe because I never, never really watched that. part Oh, you very mean much. the
1: part where Luke Perry? Yeah,
0: where Luke Perry is in it. Rest
1: in it, peace, Luke Perry's in it. And
0: it, but he's playing like a dummy dick who, uh, A dumb ri- dick. I
1: mean, sort not really. He's just like a guy who's he's a there. dumb dick
0: who's like getting in the way. Not, and it's not really. It's like Stargate, right? That's what you made to comment. Yeah, about. I was
1: like, it opens up in this like ancient Egypt, and I was like, what the fuck is this Stargate?
0: Because we just saw, watched Stargate earlier this year. For... I swear they
1: use the same set. Maybe. same lighting maybe
0: yeah um so I just other than that I think the movie because then you know right away you get pretty early in the movie you get like the flying car chase sequence which is not very long but you get that and then the second Gary oldman shows up which by the way takes a while
1: Uh I think it was like fifty minutes
0: so that so even if you're watching early you're like well, wait, I gotta look at Gary Oldman's weird plastic head headband and hair, and his Texas accent, like I'm just waiting for this to come along, so mm-hmm. it's a weird, because it's such a strange movie, you're just kind of waiting for like the next level weird thing to come up, cause like, oh that's that part that they, uh, they go to the place, and then mm-hmm. they have to get on the thing, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh how do I get in? Oh, Lilu is Multipass. <laughs>
1: Drink every time you hear Tyler say that today. It's fun because uh,
0: that's part of the show where she's beginning to learn a little bit of the the English, and so she's she. They have to get a multi pass mm-hmm. on the, And Bruce Willis does one of his uh, rambling asides where he goes, "Yeah, we know it's a multi pass." He does it like that. He says, "That's another Bruce Willisism." Well, Bruce goes,
1: Willisism.
0: It's a Bruce Willis ism. So. My other, I'll get it out of the way first. Too during that same sequence where they're in the airport or the spaceport and they're talking about their multi passes, there is a robot bartender. That's also my favorite part of the movie because he just sits there and then every in between a scene that's happening, he'll just go, "You want some more?" And he does it like three times, and I yeah. oh, and I love it. Yeah, you do. You want some more?
1: So good.
0: We Lou Dallas multi pass.
1: So good.
0: So it doesn't matter what I think about the movie because those are the things that I like, <laughs> and I can watch the whole thing just. To get those elements,
1: the whole thing. Because right when this movie started, mm-hmm. and I quote, "Here's Tyler." Oh, the first part of this movie is boring. Because I forgot it. <laughs> it's like lose this.
0: I don't want to see this shit with Luke Perry and Stargate. Who cares? So bored. I don't think even when I saw this, I hadn't even had an idea who Luke Perry even was. I didn't watch that show.
1: And then, and then the dark crystal aliens pop out.
0: They do. They look like they're like more robotic versions they're of like the dark armored, crystal aliens. Armored up,
1: the nice yeah. ones.
0: So. What I like about this, well, do you have any memories of uh, when you first saw it, or nah. do you think you saw it before? prior I to me? I don't know.
1: You always ask me this. I don't know why we have a podcast. <laughs> I don't remember.
0: 82nd episode. Just like, I don't know why we have a podcast.
1: I don't remember. I do. I mean, I remember the movie. I remember seeing it several times. Okay. I don't have a memory of seeing it. What was it, 97? Yeah. I like to think about how old I was, What, like 13, 14. This is a
0: perfect movie for a 13-year-old.
1: Let's see. My sister was graduating high school at the yep. time.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I'm sure I probably went to the movie theater and saw it with some friends.
0: Yeah. This was kind of- um, Is it
1: rated R? I probably did It's didn't.
0: rated
1: PG-13. Oh, well, maybe I did.
0: Although it gets away with I was with probably
1: stuff. more busy seeing like Babe.
0: <laughs> babe was a little bit earlier in the decade, but-
1: Was it? Yeah.
0: Maybe Babe Pig in the City. I think that was a 97 I did movie or a 98 the joint. Uh, who did? People saw Babe. They're like, Babe too. now nah, you're getting greedy. That's what everybody said.
1: So I don't feel like <laughs> I saw this in the theaters.
0: Did you watch Gordy, the uh, other pig movie that came out on the heels of Babe? Because no. I did. It was called Gordy. No. Okay.
1: I am loyal to Babe. <laughs> okay.
0: But the, you did not see Babe Pig in the City.
1: No. <laughs> Only the OG.
0: OG Babe. <laughs> yeah. OG Babe.
1: Um. So I don't think I saw it in the theater. Obviously, we rented it, clearly. Oh, it's and that's a so blockbuster
0: good. rental all I'm over I'm trying it, to right? think.
1: I feel like I have a memory of us having it on VHS. Probably. I gotta look at the VHS picture. I think
0: that shit plays on VHS, man. Fifth
1: Element VHS.
0: I'll tell you what I, I like about it. It is bizarre. It is intentionally bizarre at every turn. Yeah. All of the side characters are bizarre. There's always just like a weird element to latch onto when you go through the movie, which is, I, I think is really fun. Even uh, just little things, where like Corbin Dallas, who's the you know Bruce Willis's character, is getting recruited into this mission. And, like, his old commander comes to his house, and we've got this extended gag sequence of, like, them hiding in a freezer. And the person who's supposed to be his wife is this burly woman with, like, Princess Leia buns on her side of her head. Like, all these characters are so strange. We've got yep. alien, like, dog men that can shape shift that are, like, going after these stones, which are the fifth, you know, the five elements, whatever. The bad guy in the movie is yes Gary Oldman but Gary Oldman is really just a pawn for the main bad guy which is an evil blob it it's, is just a planet sized blob
1: yeah a black hole or like it's, a, it's a, planet. a planet eater yeah it eats planets it's darkness
0: it's the it's the embodiment of evil itself yeah um and but it he talks.
1: Can't, it can call people on it, the cellular it, phone.
0: It calls Gary Oldman on the phone. Yeah. Makes his forehead bleed. Yep. Uh, it's just so bizarre. It and, is. And I just love that.
1: I do. I like that.
0: And I was worried when we started it because 1997 is a tricky time for CGI. Mm-hmm. And I was very worried about the CGI looking real bad. And it's odd because if you watch, like, the TV spot, which we played... hmm Uh, you're like, oh god, that looks bad and the TV, it seems like that's the thing, where these TV clips are being pulled where maybe they haven't it hasn't been, like, fully rendered on the DVD or something. I don't know. It's a very strange phenomenon where it well, seems like... it looks like, shitty. Well, yeah. It looks worse than it actually is in the movie. But that's not necessarily true, because I remember watching recently Lost in Space, which is not a good movie, another Gary Oldman uh, mm-hmm. joint. Mm-hmm. But the CGI in that movie is real bad. Mm-hmm. And it, it's from about that same time period. This wasn't bad. Like, some shots are a little not great, but for the most part, it didn't take me out of the movie...
1: It was well-balanced, so it wasn't, like, totally, like, bleh.
0: The main CGI stuff is, like, the city uh, of flying cars, right? And because the whole thing is animated at, at once, you're not getting a lot of that, like, real person in front of CGI too much because the shots of Bruce Wilson, the cab, are completely contained, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not getting, like, a, a green screen shot. And,
1: and I will say that they made the atmosphere a little bit smoggy.
0: Yeah. yeah. So
1: it's not, like, super, like, clear, which I think takes away that glassy, cartoony look it can get.
0: And then, yeah, and then space stuff always seems to age pretty well. Spaceships in space, we figured, they figured that was like the first thing they figured out. Yeah, George Tri- Lucas was like, yeah figured we figured that out on TV. Like, well, yeah, well, they did little models and that yeah. still worked fine. Like, yeah. honestly, I, I, that's why I kind of like my VHS copies of uh, the Star Wars trilogy, because, like, I think the models look better than the CGI sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, um, but that looks okay, right? And a lot of the other things, like the big action type stuff, other than that cabbie chase, is interiors on a set. Um, The big kind of gunfight of the movie, which is on like the space cruise in Floston Paradise. Um, oh my
1: god. <laughs> Why, how do you. What, what the fuck? I, I remember
0: that before we rewatched is the name
1: it. of the cruise? Yeah,
0: they, no, they went to Floston Paradise. That's where the cruise goes to. Is it the. It's around the cruise so boat, and they're like. They're circling Floston Paradise, and there's like little excursions. It's like a cruise, you know, only they're out a planet. It's like a paradise planet.
1: You watch this movie a lot, didn't
0: you? I did. I liked it. Um, And then. uh, What was I saying? No, all of like the, the big gunfight sequence of that is, mm-hmm. it's all, it's a set. It's yeah. like interior and it looks good and yeah. the aliens who are involved are prosthetics uh, during those sequences and the guns are big and gouty and detailed enough and it's, I don't know, it's just, it, all of that works pretty well. Um, Should we talk about Leeloo, the fifth element?
1: Yeah. So what do you want to say
0: I mean the way it's set up is that these five elements they're stones right that um, protect the earth and protect the universe or whatever right well they there's a, a plot to get them right they they seemingly are taken but they they're not there's a lot of uh, back and forth and secret plays or whatever but she is the fifth element and she of only a few cells survive like this this attack on the thing right so they build her out of these cells in a a, a tank or something like that it's like a little cryogenic tube right
1: yeah
0: another weird character is this doctor yeah. who's like they keep cutting this weird looking doctor yeah. who's like and he's the one who's like she's perfect or she's a perfect being yeah. or whatever so that's what I was going to talk about and i remember so it's pg13 and I was always very curious, even from the beginning, as a, however old I was, a preteen or a teenager when this came out, how the fuck did this PG-13 get away with, uh, side boob Mila Jovovich in that tank?
1: Whew, and she's looking good. Well, she... And she's, like, writhing.
0: Yeah and she but i mean see there's like she's laying flat and she's completely nude and it, like it's not like a close-up but it's just like gee like how'd they get this in the movie i don't because it's not sexual because she's being built because she's laying there it was that one and i always never understood how uh titanic got away with kate winslet being nude in that movie i never understood that at all like she's posing for mm-hmm. art so they just were like yeah okay it's cool but like any other movie i don't know like they i think he paid someone off to get that one frankly but um, but then they cover her in those little um,
1: bandages,
0: bandages, and that's just like the iconic look of uh, <laughs> Lilu, right? She's mm-hmm. just got these like bandages things, and that's how she breaks out, right? But the whole movie is this thing where everybody's commenting on; they're in awe of her. She's a perfect being. My question to you, as a as a female,
1: oh, I am a female. Last time, a jacked.
0: Now I have some thoughts on this, but I am not i not I haven't made up my mind.
1: Oh, okay. I probably haven't either then.
0: <laughs> is this kind of like a weird thing where we're objectifying her too much? Or is she like is it okay because she's meant to be like an all powerful perfect goddess being? Discuss.
1: <laughs> I I just need a moment of silence there. Oh, okay. <laughs> um no, this is just no, it's let's not make it like like bigger than it is. Okay. They're like, how can we get away with having her be super naked mm-hmm. and super hot mm-hmm. and and use her sexiness to sell this movie? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we'll just throw in a line where it's like, she is the perfect being. There's
0: several lines of this, right? Yeah. Everybody's in awe of her.
1: I, I don't get it. I don't fucking get it.
0: Um, okay. I don't, I don't know. I don't, she got orange hair. We didn't mention that. That's kind of the big difference too. She's striking in that she her her hair is just bright orange. It just doesn't. It doesn't white.
1: make sense.
0: It doesn't make sense. What doesn't make sense?
1: I'm, I I don't know. I, that whole part of the plot. You don't. I mean, I don't know because how. Doesn't make sense. They're like, so we have four elements. They're rocks. They're represented <laughs> yeah. by rocks. Yeah, they're rocks. That like at the end of the movie, you have to like do the element mm-hmm. on the ro- on the special rock mm-hmm. to make it shoot lasers out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to blow on it for wind. <sighs> and then this magical fifth element is just some hot broad. Well, that's what like, I was saying. What the fuck are we doing here?
0: I, I mean I was trying to pay attention to this part of the movie more than I usually do because I was. Because, right, but there is some explanation when they're building her, and this whole thing, like, well, there's only a few cells that survived, and there is, like, this very brief, like, mumble, mumble, mumble explanation of why she's, like, turned into a being, right? Because it's not that way in the beginning, uh, when they're lining up all the elements, right? So, but it's unclear. Those, so there's some brief. There's some like it's it's like under the Big but here's like well but here's Mila
1: getting her side. They're boob. like you don't care about the why. Here she is.
0: I kind of like that though because it's just like ah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't <laughs> fucking matter.
1: <laughs> and yes,
0: it, it makes sense now that you say that Luke Bassan ended up like dating and marrying or going after Mila because you can tell in the movie that he's just like it. it the camera is enamored with Mila in the yeah. movie. And so, therefore, obviously, Luke Bassan was enamored with Mila Jovovich in the movie, which I guess is fine, but there it is. It's definitely got some dated elements in that
1: regard. Yeah, a, you don't want to think about it too much. <laughs>
0: okay. Um, it doesn't really hinder the movie because ah. she is a pretty strong character in her own right. She is all powerful. She is the key to this whole thing. Now, it must be discussed maybe that bruce willis has to be here to kind of guide her how did you feel about this element of it?
1: um well without her she, or without bruce willis she's totally fucked
0: right because she doesn't know the First language off,
1: she has to jump out of a building
0: yeah she's totally fucked yeah
1: i mean from just square one without him she's totally fucked every step of the way now is it established that she can matrix learn how to kung fu fight Yes. She
0: learned that later, yes. She's able to just quickly learn information. She
1: can learn it, and she can be a badass, but at the end of the day, at every single plot point, it's fucking Bruce Willis saving her, which is fine. That's what you get in a 90s action movie with Bruce Willis.
0: But, okay, here's my question. She gets shot at one point on the cruise. She fell from the cab. And she's injured, but... Is she at risk of ever dying, or is she just, like, does she self-heal? That's not explained later after she's wounded. Well,
1: I mean, that's a good question, because isn't she a fucking perfect human, or right. a perfect being? So that's
0: my question, is, like, wh- what happens if he didn't hit the cab? Would she just fall to the bottom of the, the city and then just, like, shake it off, and, like, no, she's she on seems, her merry way? she seems
1: very murderable.
0: She seems murderable, you think? Yes. Okay, but well, what happens then? She could
1: barely walk after she got shot. And then she, like, passed out and barely got woken up enough at the end, by the end of the movie,
0: that's true. Okay, well, she's
1: definitely murderable.
0: <laughs> she's murderable. That's All why right. they
1: had to put her in the pod at the end to heal her up.
0: Oh yeah, they put her. They put her and Bruce Willis in the pod together yeah, so we can bang. One. Two for, yeah.
1: It's good to know in the future we can be healed and fuck at the same time. Well,
0: you know, they this is this is a very common thing in um, in sci-fi. I think even a, a more recent example is like in Prometheus when uh, New Member Pace has to get like. She has to like self heal herself. Well, they have that self healing machine. It's really the only good part of that movie, honestly. Yeah,
1: it's a good scene. Um,
0: well, but she's got the alien side of her. She has to like um,
1: program the mach- the robot to surgery it out. But it's
0: what I, the detail I like in that scene is that it makes a point. It's like, oh, it's not calibrated for women. Yeah. Which I think is a great like so just comment has, on
1: yeah.
0: that in general. It's a, I love that scene in that movie. And the movie is but yeah. um, that scene's really good. But anyway, that I mean that's obviously later than The Fifth Element, but it reminds me of that um let's talk about i just i know so we're talking about kind of things that are kind of like dated about the movie but i don't know if it's yes it's a it's a 90s bruce willis starring vehicle so he has to be the hero he's got to be the reluctant hero here he doesn't really want to be a part of this he's getting harassed he's losing his job um, he used to be a Marine or whatever, a space commander or whatever. Everybody's dead in his command or whatever. It's all these really brief asides that that they talk about. Um, so, you know, it's, just, it's a very typical Bruce Willis thing. But, I mean, it's right in the Bruce Willis zone that you like. Yes. He's quipping. You want to play soft? We play soft. You want to play hard? We play hard. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Um, he, you know, looks good running around with his gun and the, the ship. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's your classic Bruce Willis elements, what you like. Mm -hmm. So a couple things.
1: Oh, yep. Go ahead.
0: So Gary Oldman, we mentioned. Yes. I love Gary Oldman in this movie because it's delightfully weird. And I, I really like when it's kind of like when directors let Nick Cage just do whatever. They're just like, Hey Nick,
1: whatever you want to do,
0: go for it, buddy. And then he goes for it. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. And for whatever, I, and Gary Oldman, I I think is an actor who, uh, you know, maybe he gets to do that all the time. But for whatever, if this, I don't know if this was his idea or if it was the movie's idea. But holy shit, because the, his lines of dialogue are not necessarily strange, but like it's the choice of the look and it's the the text and accent that he has. Mm-hmm. It's just so bizarre and mm-hmm. wonderful, and it. But with the disappointment and. I was trying to figure out if it's, it's by design. He's not in the movie very much. No, he's really not. It takes a while for him to get in the thing and then he's, he's there and then he's gone and he's not really, he's not really part of anything. Like he shows up, um, to go after the stones briefly, gets them, realizes he's been tricked, goes back on the ship and then is promptly blown (laughs) up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't even have anything to really do other than on the sides. And so I, I like that and I wonder if, it's, it's, a, it's an intentional smart choice because too much might have been not great.
1: I, I agree.
0: It's kind of like in The Professional. I don't remember him in that. He is really, really over the top as a villain in The Professional. But he's like only in the movie for 20 minutes. Like it's in the beginning and then he's gone.
1: That's what you want. You just want a little salt and pepper. You don't want it fucking doused in that shit.
0: Okay. You so just
1: spice it up a little, but not too much.
0: So it's delightful. It's a great choice. There's the sequence that predates Iron Man where he's like selling the guns to the, the aliens or whatever. And it just reminds me of like, again, it's a later movie, but he's just like explaining the guns, uh, and showing off all the, the, Weapon aspects of it And I like that Because it's detailed Because we do get to see Those guns being used later mm-hmm. So it is kind of This little detail Like oh we know How that thing works No don't push that red button Because mm-hmm. it's a self-destruct Why is there a self-destruct Explosion button on this gun That's so easily touchable
1: In case you get trapped And you gotta fucking Blow yourself up It's right
0: on the outside Easy to touch
1: Yeah Seems Yeah in case you're on your, You're about to die You don't want to have to like Insert a code And flip a thing Yeah If you're about to die You just want to be able To barely touch it He's your last dying breath. hmm See?
0: Yeah. So then the other weird performance, and I'm curious to know your thoughts on this, because he doesn't show up until the second half, maybe even a little bit later. It's Chris Tucker. hmm He's this radio DJ. They've created a front where Bruce Willis and Lilu have won this contest to Floss in Paris because they got to get the stones from the blue opera singer. And part of the deal is that he's got to be on this crazy radio show. And the first introduction of Chris Tucker in this movie is just, like, if you think he's loud in any movie, this is Chris Tucker at his loudest, just biggest character, rapid fire, yelling. What were your thoughts going into this time, that first scene, and then what happens later?
1: Well, first, I fucking hated him. And I was like, oh, fuck, I do not remember this. Oh, fuck, this is going to be shitty. But then as the movie went along... Mm-hmm. it. He subdued a little bit, Mm -hmm. and I grew to like, and like, it grew on me as each scene went on, and I liked him more and more as the movie went.
0: I think it's a bait and switch. Yeah. I think he's intentionally really obnoxious in that first sequence and really over the top, because he is actually kind of key toward the big action gunfight in the middle of the thing where he's just kind of in the middle of this, and he's trying to get the stones. And because he's putting on such a front of being like this rapid motormouth who's hypersexual and all this other shit, right? And he's got big, giant clothes, dresses and stuff like that. It's a little bit androgynous, which is, I think, kind of interesting for 1997. Yes, very. Um, but then, like, the way that that is turned on its head, because he is just terrified. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to be helpful, and he's trying to do, like, he kind of, like, he latches on to Bruce Willis, mm-hmm. Corbin Dow. Dall- he just calls to, Cole, Corbin, 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 Oh, my mm-hmm. God, Corbin. Oh, my God. And the <laughs> way that he latches on to him like a child, yeah. I find to be delightful. And yeah. I think it's it, it works because you just think of him as this obnoxious character, then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, no, protect him, this poor guy. <laughs> like, he yeah. doesn't... It's all just this made-up uh, thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I think he's just, like, the key to the entertainment value on that fight, and then, like like kind of as the I mean there's is not much the movie end? after that. Yeah, he goes along with them. He's
1: all the way to the end, isn't it? And he? he's
0: just like, "Oh, mine's broken, my rocks broken and <laughs>
1: it's like I don't have a match. I don't have a fucking match on me." Yeah,
0: and I just uh so it it works really well and it's actually a really good Chris Tucker performance. I who I think is an underrated actor. Mm-hmm. I think we see, we remember him as kind of rush hour, and I think he's kind of good in those movies, maybe not the third one, but uh, or the second one, but you know what I'm saying, like yeah. I, I think he has the ability to do, actually do some good work, you remember he being pretty more, like, more subdued in like Silver Linings Playbook and stuff like that he occasionally does other things but I, uh, yeah, I like I like his performance quite a bit.
1: Yeah, it becomes very entertaining without being obnoxious.
0: Yes, now let's talk about the Luke Besson's defining scene of the movie, which is so weird. <laughs> it is after the spaceport scene, and there is this cross-cutting. That, or, I don't know, this was the way he decided to really be, like, a quote-unquote artist in the movie.
1: I'm Wh- looking at you with questioning eyes, because I'm like, what scene are you You remember, about? it's
0: when they're taking off, and they're cross-cutting between all of these characters... And it, it does this a few times where we get fake outs of where the stones are and we cut, cutting to Gary Ullman or to another character who is like, or when like, she's, Gary Ullman's thinking he's gonna get the stones and then it cuts to Lilu like laughing hysterically because like she's telling the priest Ian Holm that no, 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 we like move the, the rocks and blah, blah, blah. So it does that a lot, but the main sequence is this part where they're taking off, Ian Holm is sneaking under into the, the wheels, Cross cut with Leelu and Bruce Willis cross cut with Chris Tucker's character hitting on one of the stewardesses and then like when the point when the spaceship elevates they it's cutting to like the stewardess's legs rising as he's like starting to bang her it's like this like it's the most cross cutting in the movie for this scene that is just of everybody leaving on the spaceship.
1: <laughs> it's fucking weird, yeah. I mean, I guess I didn't take note of it as much as you did, but it is fucking weird.
0: So there's that, and then, okay, I, I was lying a little bit. The other, the main sequence, I think, is obviously the opera singer, which uh, starts as kind of traditional opera, then a beat drops in, and that is her. Singing with a beat under it with Lilu beating up a bunch of aliens through a cross cut that's kind of the more like showier scene of yeah. this cross cutting though it's kind of a, a unique thing in this movie where where there's like multiple action coming on and it keeps cutting quickly between the the things and having those seemingly um distant um occurrences kind of connect to each other mm-hmm. in t- terms of giving you information and mm-hmm. doing it in a strange way and just keeping the whole movie very off kilter mm-hmm. so
1: you're so smart. Listen to you. What? I don't know. I was just like, that's cool. There's like fighting, and then there's this lady singing. Yeah, it, I mean, You're it's very a, much more observant. It's to- a
0: little goofy, and that's. But I kind of like it. I mean, all of the even like the spaceship leaving.
1: I mean, it... oh, and then the airplane blow or the space station blowing. up. Yeah, it's
0: just like the of that cross cutting and all this other stuff. Like, it's a little bit goofy, and it feels very like even strange for the nineties, right? Mm-hmm. But because it's so weird, it, that's what makes it so rewatchable. And you keep coming back to it because it's like, oh, yeah, like, why? there's this weird thing where, like, this opera singer is, like, kind of opera rapping, it seems like. And mm-hmm. then Lena Lejovich is, like, her moves are kind of to the beat. And it's just like you don't see that in a lot of movies because it's kind of goofy. Yeah. But for whatever reason, it kind of plays in this movie because everything else is so bizarre, right? Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, I like that. Now, the ending. It's kind of... I, I I like the... I've always really liked the ending of this, even though it's not... I, I don't even know if it's entirely successful of an ending, but I like that it is not... We get a big action sequence, right? And then Gary Oldman blows himself up, and then the... So that's really, like, the action climax of the movie, but, like, the actual big problem of the blob coming to destroy humanity
1: in a countdown no less
0: is very much like this quiet indiana jonesy like solve the tomb puzzle
1: yeah uh, we're, we're back to the like yeah. egyptian crypt and
0: and the key this hinges on mila jovich learning about war uh you know she's doing her fast encyclopedia which she's just on wikipedia i think like it's just a fast version of wikipedia right
1: i mean back then britannica encyclopedia
0: well no but it's the future angie so it's it's Wikipedia and so who knows what she's YouTube. maybe YouTube
1: she's watching fucking Hopefully YouTube Hopefully
0: she's watching the right stuff and like she's not just getting a bunch of fake or misleading information brought into her But she gets pretty upset because she realizes that she doesn't think there's anything worth saving because of war and she sees the Hiroshima bomb and- Humanity is
1: shit.
0: Here's the thing, like the, on the rapid fire thing that she's watching, the history of the, of the civilization, it lingers at the end it seems like for a while on the Hiroshima bomb. Mm -hmm. And here what I would argue is like, Oh, how far ahead in the future is this? Like a few hundred years, and that's what it lingers on. It's like we've had, a, they've had a pretty good run. Then
1: we're getting out of twenty twenty, peeps. We're getting out of twenty twenty. Uh, yeah. unscathed.
0: Well, I'm just saying, like that was like the number one thing. I was like, oh, well, it seems like it's been relatively yeah. peaceful for a while. Then, yeah. at least from your history, no standpoint. one's
1: getting nuked. Yeah. No. Well. Yeah. And this
0: is the pres. By the way, it's the president. Is the president of like the Earth? It seems like it's all unified uh, world now. It seems like right. Yeah. Um.
1: It felt very Mars Attacks to me in, in, in the president scenes. Yes.
0: Oh, yeah, because it's in, like, a weird, like, uh, it's in, like, a war room type thing. And, and it, it, it's echoey. And, and the
1: lighting was weird. They yeah, was all And he's weird. a familiar
0: actor who's in, I can't think of his name, but he's in all sorts of stuff, too. Um, and, yeah, so, but it ends with this, like, where she, Bruce Willis has to essentially convince her that... Um, you know this is
1: humanity uh, is worth saving, and
0: because i I care about you and I love you, like love is the thing that ends it, and it, I guess so yeah when you when you say it out loud it 's like oh it's kind of a dumb ending or whatever it's
1: fucking dumb, but Tyler. for whatever
0: reason, I like the the music that plays is really quiet, like after that loud, 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 this movie slows down, and we have like a little thing with like Indiana Jones rocks, and they 're trying to figure out how to do stuff and He's just trying to, like, convince her that, like, that, you know, this this is worse It's just a very quiet ending to a movie that is very gouty. And I kind of like that. I like how it just decides to subvert its own expectations again.
1: It's a little annoying.
0: <laughs> you don't like it.
1: Well, I mean, it's just, you know, she's like this all-powerful being. She, ha- she becomes a weapon that can... Bring light to all the darkness and eliminate it, and this all hinges on on fucking Bruce Willis convincing her that he loves her. They've fucking known each other for six hours, like get out of here. We could've been lying. <laughs> exactly! <laughs>
0: just to like make her feel better. You know, you could have just been lying. Like,
1: that's stupid.
0: I think he cares about her.
1: No, I, I don't doubt his, um, infa- affection. affection for her, but yeah. like the fact that all, all humanity's, you know, survival is gonna, you know, rely on this one moment is fucking stupid. <laughs>
0: I mean, I would say that it's oh, silly, like a oh, lot of this. The
1: white man loves me. Okay, I'll save the entire world. Well, I think it's it's it's
0: silly, but the silliness goes with the whole rest of the movie, and it's a different uh, flavor at I the mean, end, which I like. I just like the flavor. The, I like the change of flavor, if you will. He, and yes. yes, they don't know each other, but there's so much shit that happens in this movie that you kind of forget that they've only known each other for two days because it's and just that like, she oh, can,
1: like oh shit, like she can't can't barely even speak English.
0: Well, she can speak a little bit of English. She needs to learn more.
1: Yeah. She's very
0: charming, it seems like.
1: Yeah, I guess maybe, maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. I didn't buy the chemistry between the two of them.
0: Well, I mean, there's that, because Bruce Willis has got, like, this bleach blonde hair, but he's still, like, already aging. You know what I mean? And Mila Jovich is, what, like, 21?
1: Also, theory mm-hmm. Bruce Willis didn't bring the chemistry in fear of the fucking director.
0: <laughs> mm. Well, and. Br- uh... I feel
1: like the director has chemistry with her. The camera and oh, sure. her have oh, a yeah. lot of chemistry, right? Bruce Willis and her got nothing.
0: I think the the movie's coming down on like everybody loves her. She's lovable. She's a perfect being, so you have to love her. So it doesn't matter if you've known her for five minutes because they're all. Oggling her and i mean they all they everybody turns away when she's just randomly undressing which i guess is nice they're being respectful in that regard but they all are making comments about like oh my god she's perfect so oh, i think the bullies. movie is the movie is coming down on this idea that like well of course he loves her but why why wouldn't you love her she's perfect mm-hmm. i think that's what it's trying to say but yeah i mean they haven't known each other for what two days or whatever um But they get to bang in that cryogenic tube, so... I
1: mean, I guess at the end of the day, it's fine. Every movie doesn't have to, like, do justice to the world, but uh, it's stupid. (laughs) I enjoy it, but it's stupid. The ending is stupid. Well, I mean, you could, I think...
0: I think people could argue uh, there would be a fair argument that the whole movie is very stupid. Oh, the movie is very
1: stupid, but it's fun and enjoyable. But it's weird,
0: and it's using like kind of classic stories with it with this just weird backdrop that I I appreciate. Mm-hmm. So there are classical elements to it. You could say cliche elements, but there's so many weird things that are going on that it just kind of it, it adds to something, right? And I like how the movie changes what it is every 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like how. The first 20 minutes are not, like, the next bit with the future cars, because really don't get any of that after that. And they advertise the movie on these future car scenes, right? But then it turns into, like, this, like, weird comedy of people moving around and getting on to bo- it's just, uh, cruise boats and stuff like that. Then you get, like, a gunfight mm-hmm. with monsters. Oh, yeah, the best part of, um... Let's talk like, real quickly. The best other line in the movie is when, like, they're trying to... Uh negotiate or whatever with the bad aliens and they say bruce willis oh you can be in charge can you just go and take care of this can you negotiate so he walks in there he just shoots the main guy in the head he's that like that was Any-, cool and he's like anybody else want to negotiate which is a very 90s bruce willis line yeah
1: but i liked because
0: it. it works because it's bruce willis bruce willis can deliver those lines
1: yes it made me think of another movie we're going to talk about in the next episode
0: soon to talk about that's right that's a teaser yeah. for the next episode yeah that line is a teaser for the next episode. Yeah, it is. It's a movie starring Christopher Plummer.
1: Well, because there's a guy in charge, right? The leader guy, and he's all shaky and scared. And then Bruce Willis is like, oh, I'll I'll, I'll go talk I to and him. I'll go
0: take care of him, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. Love it. So you like that, but you don't like the ending. I just, I like the ending, how it's different. It just changes. The movie changes again. I just appreciate that.
1: I don't find it believable. Okay. I mean, I will buy a lot of stuff in this movie mm-hmm. that is ridiculous. Yeah. I will not buy a countdown of 10 nine, eight. Well, that's what I mean. But it's I like... love you. The world is worth saving because I love you. That's the best you could fucking come up with, Bruce Willis? It worked. <laughs> Jesus, was he fiddling her clit at the same time? Like, what is happening? Well, now?
0: I mean, even like the, the priest is like, just tell her, tell her, tell her what she wants to hear. They just kind of tell her what she wants to hear. If you just have a cynical view of it, it's not so bad. Because she is like... Because she's new to the world, as is she is does have a childlike essence to it, which makes it all the weirder when you know they bang. But <laughs>
1: when they bang, she's literally just come out of the womb the day before. So I can
0: see how you could have an issue with it because, like, you could you could argue it one way, but then it's like, well, then she's kind of childlike, and then he bangs her, so that's weird. And then you know but, we're you sexualizing know, her, or French you could play it the other way, and it's not. Uh, well, that's right. The drum, that's right. Mm-hmm. 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 Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah.
1: Anyway. So. It's Does it hold fine. up? Does, oh, yeah.
0: Does the movie hold up? Yeah,
1: I'll go watch it right now if you, you don't, want me to. You
0: don't mind the, la- the, the, the last 10 minutes you're not a fan of, but otherwise...
1: No, it's not even the last 10 minutes. It's the, it's the 10 second countdown. <laughs> it's the line of like, but I love you. Oh, fuck off.
0: He should have just been like... That opera, that song was pretty, wasn't it? That's worth saving. She's dead. Why don't I you mean, save her? She's got kids. I
1: guess the real the the reality is there's no one line that could convince someone in a moment after they've seen a genocide. It's a little attempts. bit of an
0: artificial, like uh, unnecessary countdown element, right? Yes, it doesn't need to. They could there could have been another easier way to to prevent or to you know. Because the time, the, the, the countdown's already happening, right? Mm-hmm. Do we need her to have to make an emotional decision in that moment? I don't know. I would say maybe she, that hasn't quite been earned in the movie.
1: No, it's just another opportunity for white Bruce Willis to save the day.
0: Oh, did you say white Bruce Willis? Yes. Was, are you saying that he, was, is there a black There are Bruce other Willis? characters
1: that could have saved the day.
0: Like Chris Tucker? Yeah. He does kind of save the day.
1: He could have saved the he day. He did,
0: because he was the one who was like, oh, oh, I just breathed on my rock, and that's how they solved the riddle, because yeah. he was able to breathe that on it. That was him.
1: more interesting to me.
0: Well, I know, because Chris Tucker, he... That was he, some believable uh, shit. He steals the movie. Right when Gary Oldman is about to be gone, Chris Tucker comes in to kind of steal the movie for you, so... Yeah. I don't know. I just... Uh, because it's such a bizarre movie, I I will just continue to have affection for it. I mean, so. I still
1: have a lot of affection. I just have to bitch about something, so we have something to talk about. You
0: have to bitch about something, so we have something to talk about.
1: That's what podcasts are for.
0: Oh, okay. Got it.
1: Formulating some some hatred of something, so you can argue with someone We could it. just
0: agree. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we agreed on plenty.
0: Oh, yeah, we did agree on plenty. We
1: agree that Mila Jovovich is good looking. I don't think we... Jeez, you're such a sexist. I didn't say that at all. Well, but we do agree <laughs> on that.
0: <laughs> you know my favorite Mila Jovovich performance? Not this.
1: Resident Evil.
0: No, I don't like those movies. She's good. I think she does She's does what she needs to in all those movies, but they're not good movies, right? No, I, <laughs> I really like... It's a movie we'll eventually have to do, and unfortunately, there's a sequel that ruined this movie. But Zoolander, where she's like like she's the, in Zoolander, she's like the like she's a spy and she's got a horrible like Russian ish accent. Oh jeez. and I find it delightful. I do
1: not remember that. At I all. find
0: everything about Zoolander delightful. But of course, like God, the sequel's so bad that I don't it, remember it that. Just, yeah, she's uh she's like a model. She works for uh, Will Ferrell's character.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Is there anything we didn't talk about in Fifth Element that we should talk about?
0: I don't know. I mean, it, it's such a weird movie that you could spend three hours going through the, the plot and detail of it. But I mean, I don't know. I I just people should just soon watch it. I I I like to do that when it's a movie that like people won't watch. <laughs> Whereas a lot of people are like, oh yeah, the fifth element. I should spin that, and they'll probably be, be entertained by it. So because
1: it's still good. It's
0: got that. It's just yeah. It is like. When it I think of some, like '90s mm-hmm. summer blockbuster, when I was like twelve, thirteen, or whatever, this is like one of those that yep. was just like, "Yep, this is this is right in well, the zone." Well, when you said
1: let's do some blockbusters, like, are we gonna fucking do Fifth Element? Because yeah. I've been waiting because I love this movie,
0: and it and it's weird enough that it, it, it's not just like a typical blow em up thing, and it's a movie that we don't get anymore it's all superheroes. Now Luke Besson just a couple of years ago tried to do this again with a movie called Valerian.
1: Yeah, so I was reading something where he was doing an interview and he talked about how he was kind of disappointed that in the time that he made this movie because everything that was blue screen at the time was so cumbersome to make. Right. And how he was you know, disappointed in that he would have so much fun doing a futuristic movie with today's technology. And mm. he must've had that interview before Valerian. So but, then he made So Valerian. he gets that chance. And I fucking hated that movie. We
0: saw that in the theater and we were very divided on that movie because I found it to be bizarre and weird, just like the fifth element. And I enjoyed how original it was. i obviously acknowledging that some of it, it's not as good. It's certainly, certainly not as good as the fifth element.
1: It, uh- It died in my mind with the shitty casting. The
0: lead of the movie is pretty bad. Dane DeHaan is miscast. Fucking
1: garbage. I've seen him. I feel like in other things. Yeah, he's also like
0: Green Goblin in the Uh, Amazing Spider-Man Two, and he's also not good in that. He can be good, um, but he's not good in.
1: No, but I like
0: it's. I like the bizarre aspect. I I feel like you and I should try to Revisit give that movie it. another chance. probably
1: now since we watched fifth element mm-hmm. it'd be a nice follow-up
0: because i remember just being like and he also made like lucy with uh
1: i did like that
0: Ransom, which is another weird is movie is that
1: the goo one uh,
0: no that's under the skin which is a far better movie oh, okay that's really good lucy? lucy is where she's like uh it, it's weird it's a did i see it yeah you probably saw it it was a big it made money it was a big gold hit or whatever it has a weird bizarre ending she's like coming super powerful or whatever under the skin is where she's an alien yeah no
1: that, movie that movie's great good.
0: no that movie's amazing um, oh
1: i was thinking of that one no okay. that's not that good Jesus.
0: lucy it's fine and i think the ending sucks but um it's weird and i like how there's you know, i do like whatever luke basson has done in his i don't know whatever allegedly Personal allegedly life. um i do like that he's a little bit bizarre he's very i guess okay. it's is it just because he's french i don't know is this it's like a the, french it's thing? a french thing it's sure. a french thing is this like a little all weird bit stuff yeah gotta be a little bit anyway yep so there you go the fifth element that's all i have to say about it
1: go watch it we had it on dvd
0: we have it on dvd
1: yeah all right guys thanks for listening this has been an old millennials remembers movies did i say that right i don't what (laughs) old millennials remember movies
0: joint oh no i don't know what you're saying episode episode
1: thanks for listening okay we'll talk at you another movie
0: Bye. Lilou Dallas multipass.
1: Multipass. You want some more? Drink some more. Drink.
0: You want some more. Drink. Drink.